Game Club podcast where we play a game with you and talk about it. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm the editor of Nonfiction Gaming. I'm Catherine. I'm a screenwriter and a professional nerd. Charles Barais. I'm an avid tabletop gamer. And this week we played Blackwake, a pirate game. Um, and in early access on Steam currently. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but first, let's talk about how your Nerd Week is going. Catherine, what did you do in your Nerd Week this week? Um, so it's a pretty quiet week for me, but I managed to get to the cinemas and saw Life, um, the alien Ooh. life in space film with Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, anyone that is concerned about spoilers about Life, stop listening for the next little bit. Uh, I didn't love it. It wasn't great. <laughs> is, is that because Ryan Reynolds... Fuck, the, the movie's is, ruined for me now. Yeah. Is that because Ryan Reynolds... So Ryan Reynolds dies in, like, the first 10 minutes. Oh, and he basically is playing Ryan Reynolds. So, yeah. like... Okay, so you he's know, playing like, Ryan Reynolds. So I, we can all agree I, he's a terrible actor. Well, I mean, he's very attractive. Like, let's not... Okay. Let's sure. Let's keep the focus on the important things here. Okay. Um, and it was the best description I have of it. I don't think I'm the first person to make this analogy, but it was like if you crossed alien with flubber. <laughs> flubber? <laughs> wow. Yes. That, sounds, that sounds pretty great. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, it to was, say it, but I'd say yeah, it. That's the, yeah, so I, I mean, I would maybe watch it on streaming. Um, <laughs> I would not pay money to see it. <laughs> so yeah. alien, flubber, and Van Wilder party liaison is what yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, I would love that film, but <laughs> <laughs> but they can't run around it short, and hence ruined. Yeah, film, exactly. So. Poor move. What else did you say? What did you say at the start of the fortnight? What did you say? What we talked about last episode? You guys were going to go see Logan. Logan. Oh, of course. Sorry, I completely forgot. I've blocked that out. Um, oh, yeah, nice. Logan was great. I loved Logan. That was excellent. I thought it was really dark gritty comic book film but done well not just grittiness for the sake of grittiness like with DC Um, so yeah no I loved it Um, I don't know how long they'll like where they'll go from here with that whole franchise but I thought it was a really interesting kind of entry into that world well I think we all know well ago that those kids that escaped that's that's the next G next generation but I mean on a purely practical level as a screenwriter um (laughs) they all have the same backstory like it's actually really boring boring. to explore as a group maybe only two of them will survive and they'll find some yeah yeah yeah, like that. That's the thing. There's a reason why the X Men coming together and all coming from different pasts and having different things that has happened to them, and then finally finding their place in the school. Like, there's a reason why that model works and why why it's been rebooted so often. And having all the kids come from the same weird facility, yet all have vastly different accents, um, <laughs> kind of, I think, is harder to replicate that feeling that the X Men films kind of give you. Did Charles cry in the movie? He did not. He actually held it together. Yes. Surprisingly. Did you, did you cry? <laughs> I got very I teary. I, I, you I got a little bit teary watching. No, no. Right? I was Honestly, that was probably like salt in my eyes from all the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, popcorn. When you're at the popcorn, right? Ah, uh, the popcorn. <laughs> at the cinema. I've just replaced cinema with popcorn. You like, so it was, it was one large combo, <laughs> right? So, we had the option to get one large popcorn or pay an extra $4, only $4 for a whole extra large popcorn. You'd be an idiot yeah. not to get the extra popcorn, so we feasted yeah. on kings. <laughs> I didn't feel great. I didn't feel great. <laughs> it's pretty dark. 
And did old man Charles, uh, much like old man Logan, did he have to, you know, go to the bathroom a couple of times throughout the movie? Or? No, he, he didn't. didn't. Kept it together. He I didn't cry. I didn't pee myself. He didn't pee. It was, it was a great movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I saw a film with him. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, Logan was great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Had some great touching moments. And the best bit, of course, was this is the first time we've seen... Uh, you know, Wolverine, if you will, or Logan, he's retired, uh, just cut sick with his claws. So in all the, the like, PG-rated whatever X-Men, X-Men movies, ugh, he's just like, the claws go in, they come out, you don't see any blood, and they just fall over. It's like, ugh, lame. This time, heads are flying, arms are being chopped off, like, faces ripped apart. Yeah, it was apart. awesome. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where you now, like, you know, every comic book film that isn't a Marvel comic book film has to find a way to distinguish itself from that Marvel universe. And I think that R-rated kind of actually being able to swear and, you know, see some violence is the one thing where as long as you do it well, you actually can find your own space. We already saw that with Deadpool, obviously, which is owned by, well, the rights are owned by the same studio. Yeah, and so Logan... um, in a behind-the-scenes sense, Logan actually uh, went into reshoots, extensive reshoots, I believe, after the success of Deadpool to change its rating to R. Oh, so nice. they very much reacted to Deadpool's success and went, oh, okay, so there's room in the marketplace for an R-rated film. And I know Hugh Jackman also took a cut um, to his normal paycheck to make it R um, because he believed in that as a thing, but with more profits on the back end. So it's ended out, you know, working out for him. And I think he's come out and said this would, this would be his last Wolverine or his last turn at Wolverine unless they get him in Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which would be amazing, but I don't think Doubt. it's going to happen. I don't think yeah. they're going to pull a Spider-Man. I think, I think it was a pretty fitting last Wolverine film. So I'd be happy if that was the last one. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy with it. Uh, this isn't, however, a podcast about Wolverine uh, or Logan. No. Yeah, yeah. Anything exciting else happen in your nerd week? No, we might cut all of this. <laughs> mm, yeah, you know. Okay. How about you, Charles? Uh, yeah, look, did some nerding. Saw Logan, obviously, have played a whole bunch of Black Wake, which we'll talk about a little later. Uh, I succumbed and backed Rising Sun, the kickstarted board game from Cool Minis or Not that's currently live and doing extremely well. I think it's past $3 million now, which is exciting with all the figurines. Uh, let's see. What else did I get up to? Uh, not much in the miniature world. I'm planning my next my next army, Mechanicum, Horus Heresy. Very exciting stuff. And that's that's my story. All right. So just mostly tabletop oh, and Zelda. stuff. Zelda. Like oh, and Zelda. Zelda, right? Lots of Zelda. Not as much as I would have liked. Yeah, that's uh, that's not a nerd thing anymore. That's just life. Yeah, that's that's life. just like the background noise that's constantly there. <laughs> Will you be getting Splatoon 2 and things like that? Or are you just going to focus on Breath of the Wild? Just getting <sighs> wild. I'm not sure about Splatoon 2. I think I will because the Switch has so few games. I mean, you're silly not to get the key good ones. So next will be Mario Kart, which I think comes out in like two or three weeks. Uh, which is exciting. So that'll be a great one to play with the misses. And after that, yeah, Splatoon 2. I mean, it'll be the only kind of online. Oh, I guess Mario Kart will be online, but it'll be the only you know, shooter whatever thing on Nintendo and it's its whole platform. So why not jump in, fanboy? Of course I'll get Splatoon 2. <laughs> Fair enough. You're going to be a squid now and a kid now. Yeah, and just Splatoon all over the place. Yeah, I'll just squid through <laughs> the, the paint. It'll be great. 
Cool. Well, uh, since the last episode, I played a D&D match, or a D&D game, I guess, not a match, uh, with Reddit. Reddit's running a weird sort of, um, I think there's over 100 participants, and you kind of put a group together, and it's sort of this persistent world with, I think, 10 or 15 DMs running games. Um, And they sort of keep track of your character between sessions and sort of what you earned. And it's like this weird MMO almost, but D and D text-based, text-based MMO. Well, I mean, you still play on roll twenty, so you got sort of a virtual tabletop okay. and the dice rolling and all that, uh, and you chat over Discord. But um, each person, you you sort of venture out and go, "Hey, we're going to go out here and you know find adventure." And then when mm. you come back, you do a write-up about what you ran into, and there are certain people who are actually talented artists drawing maps of that area so the dm doesn't give you any handouts or anything it's just based on people's uh recalling of events um so it's this weird kind of community building thing in the subreddit which is really fun and also i don't get to play DD very often i usually just run games so that was Mm. that was a good lot of fun yeah nice and uh played the console had a console weekend uh, for the weekend just passed, played Horizon Zero Dawn, Mortal Kombat X, Overcooked. You're just smashing up the, and the console games. Rocket League. Yeah, we had a couple of people over. Uh, so Emily, uh, Chandapon, uh, Emma and myself, we set up the consoles and just had a whole console weekend because we're such console gamers now. Apparently you've given up on PC. Move to console. <laughs> well, apart from Black Wake, of course. Black That's Wake's cool. uh, my PC Master Race game <laughs> for the week. Yep, very good. Uh, and how was Horizon Dawn of Zero? It was pretty fun. <laughs> um, it was interesting having Emily trying so to teach me on it? the fly. I did not finish it. <laughs> I was like, it seems fast. <laughs> uh, I picked up, I don't know where, you know, what level I sort of just jumped in at, but uh, I was doing some sort of trial where I had to shoot these robot gazelle, I think, or shoot things off their backs. Uh, and then... It was a kind of weird experience. Like, I wasn't doing very well because I hadn't learned any of the controls yet. And Emily telling me, like, no, you're bad. Just hand me the controller. I'll do it for you. <laughs> She's a good teacher. Yeah, right. She's, yeah. <laughs> Classic teaching. <laughs> that's how you do it. Inter- yeah. How did you feel about being a female protagonist? Um, yeah, that's cool. That doesn't really phase me. Her name's really weird, though. It's like Alloy. Al- Alloy. I don't know. Her name's weird. <laughs> that was more... That was more breaking for me than than playing as a woman (laughs) so you find being a woman just not someone with a weird name (laughs) yeah like get a fucking normal name (laughs) well i mean she's in a post post post-apocalyptic robot fueled world i mean yeah it'd be weird if she was called like jane (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it hey sarah go kill the robots (laughs) ridiculous yeah yeah i wouldn't trust a sarah to kill my robots no exactly if i want robots said i'm gonna pick someone named alloy yeah. It felt a- very Tomb Raider-ish. I've been, so I've been playing a bit of that previously, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm. Uh, and so obviously a lot of it is, hey, you've got a bow and you can craft special arrows and you want to be stealthy and, you know, when you can and then run away or, you know, run and gun, I guess, when you can't. Uh, though she can use some sort of big fuck-off sword, I think, in close range, which is pretty badass. Uh, and you can tame some of those robots if you sneak yeah. up on them and, and ride them around. Yeah, which cool. made that sound pretty fucking great. Like, yeah, like that's worth <laughs> if I had a console, like, I would be playing that game yeah, a lot. Yeah, if I had a friend who didn't trade in his console for a <laughs> Nintendo Switch, I think yeah. that'd be really cool. I think we all can yeah. accept I made the right choice there. Uh, <laughs> I do not accept. Too that. late, you've accepted it. 
Let's move on. All right, let's go to the next segment uh, in the news. Some interesting stories coming out. I'm going to start. Uh, Razer launched uh, Razer Cortex, and they're paying gamers to play games. So paying gamers to do what they would do anyway. Uh, I believe you need to launch the game through the (laughs) Razer Cortex platform or system i guess it would be is that like steam it's kind of like steam uh and the games that a bit lamer <laughs> yeah. the games that are uh that are incorporated are overwatch league of legends sort of big i think they've sort of got the top five games <laughs> yeah. at the moment yep um and it's less like it's a little bit like steam but i mean you'd you can potentially run these games through steam i think it's more like mm. a a thing that gauges you give it permission to gauge all your hardware and your ram and your computer specs so they're getting information on their customers on what kind of hardware and kind software of and use information yeah you yeah you, you start uh, kind of and maybe they sell it back to the gaming companies or well they almost yeah they reward you with uh, z silver which, z silver i saw that yeah <laughs> so apparently you can trade that in for potential discounts on hardware if you save up enough you can get a mug that flashes different colors when you haven't drunk enough water and man the things we do for the most basic (laughs) advantages yeah you know i wrote about it earlier this week that uh pretty much gamers will put glow or low glow on anything uh if it's chroma if it's you know fancy colors i'm looking at a razor mouse that's on my desk right now and it's changing color as i talk and i love it I've got a razor mouse <laughs> and a razor keyboard, but they stopped glowing, and I'm not sure how to make them glow again. So I've just accepted I'm in a no-glow world. You don't get the glow anymore. Uh, I don't get the glow. Yeah, uh, the, the magic's gone. So this is interesting. So the idea of paying gamers to play games, I mean, they could take that to any kind of ways they wanted, but it just... I, I did see it's got a maximum of 900 Z silver that you can earn, and I think you... That's three. Probably like the equivalent of like three dollars or something. Yeah, I'm sure. But like, so it's three hundred minutes a day that you can play max. So luckily, they're not like you know you can earn one Z silver for every ten minutes you play for a whole day, and people are just like smashing twenty four hours of gaming out. So that was a. But I mean, isn't it? Isn't it exactly like when you know WoW moved to that you could pay you know, officially in game for things like, you know, trading gold for game time and stuff. Like it's acknowledging that there are people that like time is money. Like, you know, the, the money that someone quote unquote saves by playing using a mouse is never going to be as much as if you went and got like a minimum wage job. (laughs) You know, like I know know it's playing games and it's fun, but like it's that thing of, yes, there's always going to be a small subset that plays and, and tries to, you know, like gold farmers in WoW or whatever. But, um, you know, it's just making official something that kind of only a very small percentage of gamers will ever do. And that's not to say that it's not worthwhile, but just like it's never going to be like the company's going bankrupt because they have to pay out too many gamers. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think Razor's in a position where that's going to be an issue. I'm sure they've, they've worked it out. I'm just looking at yeah. some of the things you can you can redeem for. Uh, and trash, their special Chroma trash. mouse pad is like 78,000 <laughs> yeah. Z silver. Ooh, I think you, you can earn <laughs> max 900 a day. So you're talking Max 900 you know, a, a day from months. playing, but I think yeah. you can earn some. By doing okay. other things like Probably if you from watch, like you signing watch, friends up to your cult, or, yeah, Probably, yeah watching ads or, or even Yuck. maybe buying other things, and that yeah, you know, right. oh, you bought a thing, you know, murdering we'll someone a company as well. <laughs> so you'd have to play for three to four months to get a mouse pad. Yeah, 
Yeah. Good. Max max <laughs> yeah. 300 minutes a day for four months to get so a So I think it's bed. probably a lot more close. The analogy is probably a lot closer to free-to-play games on a mobile where, oh, you can buy these things with real money or you can spend 10 mm-hmm. years. Or you can play forever, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I think but, it just keeps Razer um, and the brand um, in people's minds like, oh, I should I should purchase Razer products. You know, maybe if you have three Razer products plugged in, you know, that, that 900 cap bumps up. So it's like... Yeah, uh, look, it's, it's a clever Apple's marketing thing. It's creating like, an ecosystem. So gaming companies are creating their own ecosystems now within PC. That's interesting. Uh, sorry, Catherine, go on. Uh, no, just, just I mean, it's, it's if nothing else, it's a clever marketing tool. People are talking about it. Like We're talking kind of, about it. Even if, exactly. Even if the, not many people ever take advantage of it, it's cut through the noise of kind of all of the new releases, which is what they probably wanted. Um, it actually ties in with my thing this week, which is, you know, only peripherally related to gaming, um, but that I got a smart water bottle. Um, oh <laughs> which does is... Does it tie in, Gavin? Does it? It does Daniel tie in because... Uh, no, it does tie in okay, uh, because it is, it's interesting in that it uses a lot of the things that, um, so it, like it tracks how much water I drink. Oh, it uses a lot of gamification oh, concepts in terms of like achievements and nice. graphs. And I can, I can, you know, if I drink enough water for seven days in a row, I get a little gold star and, um, and the app is really solid. Like it's, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to use something that's obviously completely separate from the gaming space, um, but see all of the kind of tropes of especially mobile games, but just games in general being integrated. Um, yeah, and it's got me drinking more water. So, but are like, you drinking you know, six liters of water a day? <laughs> I'm not because that is too much water. Is it I'm though? drinking one point eight six. is that what you've drunk today though? Because from what I heard, you're getting a bunch of app reminders. Yeah. It also, yeah. So it does stalk you. (laughs) Well, not stalk, does stalk. It does um, harass harass you with messages letting you know if you haven't drunk enough water. So I might turn that feature off. (laughs) This, This is very telling, Charles, and it's sort of very revealing of what we need to do. We need to create a smart water bottle that reminds Catherine that she needs to play the game of the Game Club Games of the Week. <laughs> Genius. Or just an app that just sends her a message every three minutes. If play only we had an app that could send play messages. <laughs> it's One called day. WhatsApp. One day, Dan. <laughs> One day. That's the dream. Well, if you want to send Catherine messages and remind her to play the Game Club Game of the Week, you can always join our Facebook group, yeah, Game so Club, true. a nonfiction gaming podcast. Just spam it endlessly. Uh... Although she's too busy drinking water to play games. So yep. that's fair. Yep. yep. Um, and then my other bit of news, uh, well, I guess it's not so much news, but just I've been exploring and looking at um, kind of more VR spaces recently. And um, I just wanted to let everyone know about a really cool Melbourne studio called VRTOV. Uh, and they were one of the launch, um, they did one of the launch titles for Google's VR system called The Turning Forest. And I think it's just really interesting how this space is kind of developing in terms of moving away from VR solely as a a gaming um, kind of concept. And obviously that's, I think, what it will primarily be, but it also just it as kind of an immersive virtual experience, almost, I guess, closer to like Horn? if you took it, 
Um, no, no more. I mean, that's obvious, They're but like it. more like Mist in terms of Mist. Um, wasn't a game in that traditional sense for a lot of people. And obviously, there were things to do and stuff to pull, but it wasn't, you know, it was a lot more about exploring that world and, and kind of that's almost where a lot of these VR experiences are going now. Mm, well, I guess for kind of like education and tourism and whatnot, it's going to have huge impacts. So Yeah, definitely. I mean, even, cool. but I mean, even not on, you know, in that practical level, but just like the turning forest is this kind of, um, fantastical non-real space but it's not a game but it's not a story per se it's it's kind of this you could immerse yourself this um yeah like it's just it's a different experience and i don't think we have words to describe what what it is just yet um yeah that's my little update that actually um ties into one of my other news pieces and we'll get to charles's one in a minute but uh nasa's paired up with epic games unreal engine and they're recreating the ISS, uh, the International Space Station, and using VR technology to train a lot of their astronauts. So instead of having to put them in a rig underwater and rebuild sort of the modules, they can get them to go through them in VR. And they've built them with the Unreal Engine, which I think is pretty awesome. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard ones about like VR set on the moon and on Mars and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, we live in the future. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And speaking the of the future, Charles, you've got a pretty future. Speaking of the future is now. So Elon Musk uh, is one of my favorite characters out there. Uh, and I see him as a character because he's kind of an evil villain who's still pretending what? that he's not no an evil villain. No one else sees him that way. No one else sees him that way. He will take over. So... He has created secretly, secretly slash just didn't make it public, this company that is merging brains with computers, right? Sounds pretty evil to me. Anyway, so the Wall Street, New York, I think, Wall Street Journal, (laughs) sounds like something in New York, uh, blew it wide open uh, and revealed that this company, yeah, existed. Uh, And it's just Elon, like, yeah, I'm merging brains with computers, whatever, it's what I do. So his thing, uh, along with, you know, Stephen Hawking and a few others, is that AI is going to take over and destroy us. Uh, which is fair. So we, Stephen Hawking, classic evil guy, right? <laughs> no, no, Stephen Hawking's a good guy versus Elon Musk. It's okay. going to be a thing. So, yeah. So they've, they've said AI is going to destroy us. It's going to end really poorly. Let's not do it. But it's going to happen inevitably. So Elon Musk, his plan, along with creating solar power, energy, blah, 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 sounds good. It's not putting good, hardworking coal miners out of jobs. So Elon Musk has created this company because he wants human brains to keep up with AI. So he wants to merge with our technologies in a way that's more kind of efficient than our current interface, which is, you know, keyboards and touchscreens and whatever. He wants to integrate brains to software so he can keep up slash combat AI in the future as we progress. It's pretty exciting stuff. It sounds like an amazing movie. Does this mean we're going to get a Deus Ex remake? Uh, with Elon Musk as the main protagonist, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, he'll be the evil guy, obviously, and it'll be Stephen Hawking cruising around. That's tasteless, Catherine. That's tasteless. <laughs> so that's one piece of news. That's, that, that was my most exciting one because I love Elon Musk and everything is about. So that's happening on the side. So, But yeah, but of course, it creates all these ethical considerations of like, if you merge your brain into a computer, you can achieve immortality and 20 years. Uh, it's going to get real interesting. So that's that one. Yeah, like if you're immortal, when do they pay out your superannuation? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> when? You never retire. Um, it's not yeah, my like best The thought. rich could just become immortal and, oh, man, 
cool stuff. Cool stuff is going to happen. Uh, and what so if you saying, wanted to die, but you were being used for just, other things? You just switch yourself off. But right, if what if people are like stealing computer brains and slaving them to like systems and programs? Oh man, Catherine, write some stuff about it. Uh, it's probably yeah, it's, I mean, science fiction wise, it's all pretty non-controversial. No, like this not. is very We've standard ideas. Uh, but it's it was written in like happening. the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually happening. Uh, other news, uh, not quite as exciting. Uh, Starcraft has been, is going to be remastered. Blizzard in an amazing Blizzard move, like Blizzard will often do. A remastering Starcraft for all those South Koreans that just can't get enough of Starcraft 1. And Wait, the first Starcraft? Version. The first yeah, Starcraft. Right. That's yeah, smart. I, I, I did see this. They're, they're remastering StarCraft 1 to be 4K. Still all the same mechanics, still Everything's all the same, the same. limitations. Like exactly the same. Uh, except yeah. for cutscenes, they got rid of them because they couldn't be bothered redoing them. So they're just going to have like comic-like cutscenes uh, to make up for that. And it will just be a much prettier version. But I mean, StarCraft 1 still has a huge scene following it and playing it competitively. So it's a little, yeah, I mean, little that, throw that out makes to sense. the fans. It's quite nice. If people are still playing it, then why yeah. not update it? Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a lovely move. Would have been nice to see Warcraft 3, but I mean, you'll take what you can get. Would have been nice to see a Warcraft 4. Oh, would have been much nicer to see a Warcraft 4. Uh, other news, some uh, some indie games or EA games that I'm keeping up with and having a look at for maybe a soon purchase is something uh, called Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Have you have either of you heard of this? It made eleven million dollars over the weekend. I did not read about this because you didn't link it in the show notes before we started. <laughs> I, I've linked it now, Dan. I've linked it now. Uh, so think I think Hunger, everything, Dan. Yeah, think Hunger Games, right? Uh, but like modern warfare kind of stuff. Uh, so you start, I don't know quite how it works cause I haven't played it yet, but you start in, I think a little map and then you jump in planes and then you parachute out over a bigger map. And then you're within a circle that slowly gets smaller and smaller and you have to keep moving to the center while killing people, getting gear, et cetera, et cetera, avoiding artillery strikes that are coming in and just massacring people. And it starts with, you know, 50 to a hundred, whatever people in it, uh, and just ends with one person surviving and killing everyone else. And there's vehicles and shit cool. going on it looks it looks sounds exciting cool. it, it, yeah. it does look pretty cool i think uh, didn't arc um survival evolved have a similar game mode where mm, yeah you, you'll be thrown on the island and then the island or like yeah. the, yeah, the did. playable area would get smaller and smaller yep. um ak you know a la katniss everdeen yeah yeah this looks a lot sharper so the guy who uh yeah. who made it uh has done kind of armor two, armor three mods which were kind of similar and he's just kind of sharpened it up and, and come out with it so that looks Super rad. I really enjoyed uh, kind of Daisy kind of stuff. So it looks like a, a more Battle Royale kind of version of that. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, looks good. Looks good. Uh, and my final piece of news uh, is that for those war gamers out there that are listening, uh, should know that Necromunda is getting kind of a spiritual uh, sequel in something called Armageddon Shadow Wars. Uh, which which looks fantastic. So it's it's kind of small scale skirmish wargaming coming out of Games Workshop uh, as they try to appease their community and convince them they're not the uh, the company of Satan. So <laughs> it's been a really exciting fortnight. There's a there's a very weird love hate relationship with war, um, Games Workshop or Warhammer and and their fan base, isn't it? Yeah. So for like kind of five years there, uh, their fan base just hated on them hard with the direction as they, they were continue going. I'm talking about. to give them more money. <laughs> 
yeah, sure. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. But like, it's the old school kind of fan base. He's starting the kids in that are buying the sh- new shiny things. But the old school guys who weren't really spending money anyway, uh, weren't getting what they wanted. And Games Workshop was heading in this kind of almost anti-community direction. And they weren't supporting the community and they weren't really supporting the competitiveness or the balance of the game. They were saying that, you know, we're a model company first and a game company second, which pissed a whole bunch of people off that wanted to play games. Uh, but now they're, uh, they're coming back and they're re-releasing specialist games and they're making everyone happy and they're actually attending events and their uh, new CEO and their new direction has been really positive and really exciting. So watch this space. This podcast not sponsored by Games Workshop, <laughs> but if you guys want to hit us up, yeah. that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, there we go. All right, well, let's go into the main meat of the podcast, the Game Club game of this week. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we played Black Wake, the pirate game in early access on Steam. Very good. Uh, from Mastfire Studios, which is, I believe, sort of a two or three man team. Uh, I believe there is some Aussie game development DNA in uh, in Blackwake. Yeah, it's got a little bit of Aussie in it. Charles, do you want to give us just a brief overview of, of Blackwake? As I believe this was one of your choices uh, for the Game Club podcast. It was. I just... I just kind of threw it out there at the end of the podcast and I got away with it. So we got to play Blackwake for a week. Uh, so Blackwake, uh, how would you describe it? So it's kind of like um, Counter-Strike and that you're working as a team uh, in a multiplayer realm, I guess. But, you know, it's not instant death, but you're on, you've got pirate ships. So you're on three, one to three pirate ships on your team. Uh, and you fill these pirate ships with either pirates or navy sailors. Uh, and then you then you know, sail towards each other and unleash uh, cannon fusillades on each other. And it's fantastic because who doesn't love pirates and unleashing cannons upon your enemy? It was pretty cool. There, there were some great moments where you'd have your captain yelling at you to fire on the port side or and people get hit and the ragdoll physics, you know, the be blowing holes in the ship and you'd be thrown into the water um now Catherine, you and i played some black wake together last night how was your sort of initial we reaction did. we did so so i mean i guess i should preface this with this isn't my favorite kind of game um like so i know i'm not the target audience because if it wasn't for the podcast i wouldn't have played it at all um <laughs> uh, i guess there's two things for me like i did enjoy it um, one, my machine isn't great for it, so I do not have the best gaming machine in the world, and I had to turn everything right down, which made it. And even so, my you know frames per second was still really, really low. Um, and then I've played alphas before, and I don't think I'm cut out to be an alpha player. Like I just. You know, all of the things being a bit rough and knowing that this thing will get fixed or that this bug is, you know, isn't permanent. I I just like my games to be to play them when they get released properly. Like I'm not really into this whole games being released as alphas trend that's been happening for the last couple of years. Like I understand why it's emerged, but I just it's not for me. Um, and that kind of reflected itself in some ways in the game in the sense of like 
even little basic things like there's no how-to tutorials. So when I kind of forgot what various buttons did, I had to, during the game, go into the menu, go into the key binding section and double check like, oh, right, my, you know, this key does this or this activates VoIP or what have you. Like, you know who didn't have and- tutorials, Catherine? Pirates. <laughs> To be fair about your, yeah, uh, sure. your, you mentioned about the graphics and things like that, or getting your frame rates up. I did find that this game, especially being in an alpha, uh, wasn't optimized the best. I have a pretty decent rig, and I couldn't keep it consistently above sort of forty frames a second. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so yeah, it might not just be me. Like I suspect that it's probably. Um, yeah, as you say, you've got a pretty good gaming computer and even so it's still quite difficult. Um, I also, yeah, didn't, I didn't feel like there was a huge difference between, this might be wrong because I obviously didn't play a huge amount, but between playing as the Navy and playing as the Pirates, which no, disappointed no me a little no bit. Except yeah, and I mean, like, and one drinks rum, <laughs> grog. I assume, grog. Yeah. Pirate liquor. Um, and for me, that's, I mean, that ties into a general thing of I like even games where they're not about narrative or story. I do like my little, you know, little hints of personality or fun or just something that it suggests a bigger game world. And you really don't get that from this. It's just, no, it's just yep, it's two just teams, they're on a ship, you're loading cannons. cannons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, yeah, the thing is, as I say, it's not the kind of game I would normally play. So it sounds like I'm being unnecessarily harsh, but probably even if it was a 10 out of 10 game of this genre, I wouldn't have particularly loved it. Um, but it, yeah, the the issues with it being an alpha are probably what I would hesitate the most over it at the moment. Yeah. So like the alpha thing is an interesting argument. So you, I guess you're getting into games for one or two reasons. You're either looking for a polished experience or you're happy to accept a lesser experience for fun and the fun kind or, of makes Or for being for one of the first people playing it. Like, because yeah, that's a lot of what the people that want an alpha kind of want out of it, I guess. Yeah. See, I, I don't really care if a game's polished as long as I'm having fun. So I've played a few of these kind of competitive multiplayer games like World of Tanks, World of Warships, that kind of stuff, you know, your, your online shooter games. And I guess what I'm looking for is a game that's fun, involved, interactive, and kind of presents those moments that you would tell people about afterwards. Uh, and I think uh, that uh, the Black Wake really delivered on that, even though it's, you know, super unpolished, uh, which mm. it freely admits to, and you know that getting into it. So I think that's yeah. fine. And, I don't think you can judge it on that. Well, I think you can because. Well, you can. It just depends if you're the kind of gamer that can put up with that yeah, or not, like I it, guess. Like, they tell you it's in early access. How can you judge something that well, tells you? You kind of have to judge it if you're playing it. And we forced Catherine and us to play it because it was part of the, <laughs> the, the podcast. But uh, I found Very that I, I too have been getting burnt out on early access betas and alphas that. <clears throat> and, and, you know, sometimes. You, you give it you give it a lot of slack because it is in that stage and it's really only in that st- it's only playable in that stage so you can support the developer and go hey we like what you're doing please continue we want to see a finished version of this but so many alphas mm. and betas I have played like Ark and, th- and and whatnot where I never made it to the final release I never went back yeah, and you played never it go, you never go back mm-hmm. no I never go back I, I get my fun out of it I have a good time I get my money's worth and then I'm done. 
I think also like on a purely kind of, I guess, or on an industry level almost, it kind of annoys me because I do feel like there is a certain amount of, I know it's often really tiny studios and things like that, but you are effectively being their beta testers for free, like, or their alpha testers for free. Like you're doing Q&A's job kind of, and well, paying them paying money for it. the privilege of that. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, and I know that none of this is a new discussion. Like this is kind of a, a common debate about alphas and when they should be released and how much people should charge and all of those questions. But I think in general, I, I'm not a fan of alphas and in, I kind of know that. So I, I will always wait for a game to get to a, a kind of more polished place before I buy it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Minecraft did a similar thing where you could buy in and you would get, you know, every single update until the end of time and you would have a, have a license and you, you could get in cheaper. One issue I had with Black Wake is, I mean, we paid $20 for this game and... Yeah, like that's more than I've spent on a lot of much yeah, better Yeah, so I think maybe that price point is a bit high, especially for an early access. I feel that maybe... I think, I think they put it that high because you're getting, you know, the eventual end version of the game. That's how they justify it. But, like, you know, whether you'll play that or whether it's Yeah, that's true of any happens. alpha that you buy. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, yeah, but I, I, I vaguely remember the with Minecraft, Minecraft it was you paid $5 because it was in such early access that... Nah, yeah. you reckon? I think it used to, it started at 15. No, I think it... it and these days... No, it didn't, Charles. Not, no. If you were, not if you are early up in the Minecraft process. You got in yeah, just, right, just as survival was Minecraft starting, was yeah. an alpha for ages. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, oh, it was there for like six years or something ridiculous. Yeah. I'm having a look at some of the patch notes and some of the, the sort of design plan that uh, this studio is looking at for Blackwake. And there's some really cool stuff on the horizon, but it, it becomes you're sort of waiting for these changes. The game changes so much from when you started playing it. And then, yeah, you get burnt out. You may never see that final polished version of the game i'm looking at new game modes they're bringing in called capture the booty where you know one team's attacking the other's defending and you have to go and either capture the flag or sort of capture the booty i guess and get it somewhere and another game mode called siege where one team is defending an island and the other one has oh, has cool. a ship yeah that sounds um, that's and fun. that that sounds really sounds cool, great but you yeah. know what we had was still fun i feel but maybe, you know, for our listeners who weren't playing along with us, uh, who hadn't already bought the game, you know, I would I would caution them to maybe wait a little while and see see how this development goes. Yeah, sure. Let's. Uh, do we want to discuss what was yeah. fun about the game? Get a bit um, deeper j- Just before we do that, I did just want to mention one other thing that I kind of viewed as a negative, which is me getting on my girl gamer high horse. Um, But there was, you know, there was the option of playing a female avatar. Um, It was very limited. Like there were heaps of customization options for being a dude. And then if you were a chick, it was like, you had yeah, one. one option. You had one chick you could choose to be, one hairstyle, one, all of that. And, you know, it was nice that they had a female avatar. It felt like a little bit of a either last minute thing or definitely not a focus. And as always, it's just part of that general thing where I go, yep, as a game, you don't care that much about me as a gamer. So I'm less likely to buy you. But you've already like, said you're not its prime market. So, I mean, the fact that it's put one in. No, I'm not. But there are a lot of girls that play. Access, that, it could be putting in other options yeah, in but, the future. But that's nothing to. Like, me not being its prime market is nothing to do with me being a female. Like. Um, and also, 
And and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> you know, if I, I've never played these games and been like, wow, it feels so welcoming and great. And they clearly super want girls to play because look at all these, you know, female customization options. Like it, it, if if you build it, they will come. I guess is my point. And yeah, it was a yeah. bit weird seeing so, that there was you know six or seven, maybe even eight hairstyles for dudes, and it was either bald or one haircut if you had a female avatar. Uh, I think it was fine that all the costumes were the same, regardless of your gender. Like that's just yeah, that know. was fine. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's not like they need to animate the hair, and surely getting yeah. one. Or two more <laughs> hairstyles for for women is wouldn't have been a stretch. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, and also it ignores the fact that a lot of guys do play as female avatars. Like I remember seeing the stats on WoW, where it was like a huge amount of dudes played like like to choose female avatars because kind Did of play me a sexy night elf. Ranger. Exactly, Case exactly. Whatever so I mean, called. I think you know, yeah. it's not. It's like. Obviously, for me as a female gamer, it's a big deal, but it also just ignores that people don't always choose a pirate that looks like you. <laughs> some, some of us are, Sometimes you, you know, just, just want to be that good-looking, you know, redhead pirate underneath that we all know we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, How do you find sort of the VoIP and people yelling at each other <laughs> commands. Yeah. So the community, the community, this is the other thing that wasn't that welcoming about it. Like I want to get into what was good about it. I mean, there's plenty that's good about it, but I mean, <laughs> the community for any kind of game, I think is what makes or breaks it in that online setting. Like I remember it was a league of legends that was notorious for having a poisonous community until they made a few yeah. changes and kind of fixed it up. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so that, that kind of, better these days from what I hear, but, yeah, the community for this is pretty pretty out there. So it's you kind of mix between bro gamers and kids, and there was a lot of like harassment and yelling. When it was good, blah, blah, it was blah. good though. When you had when you had a team working together, yeah. had a captain calling out orders, and everyone was kind of yeah, we're in the you know we're doing this, we're we're trying to play, we're trying to you're win. In the zone. Yeah, it actually worked really well. But you're exactly right, Charles. When People would, especially on the Australian servers, be quite American. <laughs> oh, mate, the American, no, the American. Oh, yeah. Well, that was fine. The American servers were just like abuse and bigotry. Trash so heaps. the Australian yeah. ones at least were a bit better. Yeah, I, I played, and the Russian ones. I mean, who knows what they were saying? <laughs> Probably not nice things about your mother. <laughs> Definitely. I not. found Charles on a Russian server just before he got kicked, and I'm pretty sure it's because he, he couldn't figure out how to filter servers for Australian ping. I, I had no idea, but you know the Russians—they were efficient. They worked together well. I was pretty impressed with the uh, the cut of their jib. See what I did I, there? A sailing. I do thing. see what you did there. Sailing term. Oh, <laughs> Do you want to talk about some more things that you did enjoy about this game? Yeah, yeah. Let's get on to what we did enjoy. So I love teamwork games. I love a game that rewards. Which is surprising if you know you in real life. Team. Yeah, I know, right? I don't like team sports. That's a whole nother matter. Um, but yeah, I, I love to see a game that works and rewards a team for being an efficient team uh, and working well together. And when you're on a ship with, you know, six other ladies and men, and if you're not working together on your hoy, uh, you're going to get smashed. Like you're going to get destroyed. You're not going to get any shots off. Your shots aren't going to hit. You're going to sink. But if you're working as a team, you know, the opposite happens. You're getting your shots on, you're repairing things, you're doing what needs to be done at the right time. And that worked really well. Uh, and it really rewarded that team that was working together. So I thought that was fantastic. Catherine? Um, I mean, it's hard because I was, I probably 
would have been abused if I had talked that much in VoIP chat because I mostly <laughs> ran around with my little hammer <laughs> fixing holes. Hey, repairing is um, important. Got to fix them holes. I mean, I found the interface kind of was pretty clean. I, I did really enjoy the cannons and like also that it was a little bit harder than games have been for the last little while in terms of, you know, mm. shooting at ships like it was you kind of lined it up and then you took a shot and maybe you hit it. Like there was no like there was no targeting assistance really. Um, yeah, like it felt a little bit like a return to kind of games of the past in that sense where it didn't hold your hand as much, which was fun. And I think it was doing that for the immersion's sake as well. I mean, being a pirate yeah. and loading a cannon was pretty hard and pretty loose. And when you fired yeah, that off, yeah. I mean, you didn't know where that it was going to go. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, if you've watched Hornblower, the classic British show, um, <laughs> like, you know, they would, yeah, they would shoot and like it would fall short a lot of the time or overshot. Like, you know, cannons did not hit the ships most of the time. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, there was that real satisfaction. Like, I think I hit a ship once and that did feel pretty great. <laughs> I'm a pretty great shot, just putting it out there. I got a little I got a little. I mean, I only, only shot it. I only shot a cannon like twice. I was mostly fixing holes. <laughs> I see. All yeah. about the whole fixing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, and, that's, and that's the thing. I mean, you got to you got to do yeah. your job, yeah. and you got to yeah. do your job well. Exactly. You got to work your way up to cannons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I never, I never got the cannon, fi- the the whole fixing award, but that's fine. Yeah. You gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fact that it's the handyman award's not very welcoming for you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What it's a, a sexist game. Yeah. Classic patriarchy. Um, but yeah, I mean, look. The thing is, it was fun. I can absolutely see how, with a good group of friends, um, mm. it would be a really fun little game to play. Um, I just wish that there were a little bit, like like you said about the immersion trials. Like that's a really good example. You know. It, it, things that made being a pirate more piratey and things that made mm-hmm. being in the Navy more Navy-y. Like, nice. Um, Good terms. Yeah, thank you. Um, like, I can't see how that would not improve the game. Um, and weirdly was actually um, similar to a complaint I had about Prison Architect, which was that I could see how it was going to be a great game, but a lot of the things that draw me along in a game, like a little storyline or achievements or whatever, weren't present because it was in alpha. So I think it is just something about playing a game this early that maybe is is not for me. Especially when they've just built the multiplayer. If if there is to be a single player, it's certainly you know, there's certainly no story there yet. Yeah, like, yeah the exactly. It's been out for a month, so it's going to be rough as guts, and they freely did yeah. that. So that's that. Yep. I uh, really enjoyed the fact, I mean, the damage that the ship takes, it starts sinking, yeah. everyone's kind of scrabbling around, you, you're yelling at one person to get on the pumps, while the rest of you are trying to find the holes in the ship well, and sort of fix them. you're still getting pummeled with more cannons, and of course you can't yeah. shoot back at that stage. That was, the, the damage was fantastic, like, because a lot of games, obviously, you're in your tank or whatever, and, uh, you know, they shoot your tank and it just takes away a health bar. I mean, tanks don't have yeah. health bars. So the fact that it put particular Wait, holes in particular play. <laughs> I know, right? Particular wouldn't play. Know that, I wouldn't know. They probably they do. They probably do. It, you know, the holes were in particular places that you had to then go find and the water gradually filled up and up. That was that the damage was fantastic. I don't know where you keep getting the wood from to repair the giant <laughs> yeah. ship. Slightly loose there. The fact that you could also breathe underwater uh, for as long as you Could wanted. you? I just suicided as soon as I fell off the ship. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> now we would yell man overboard and then you know well if it was charles i'd wait for him but if anyone else they had to suicide. <laughs> yeah yeah that's reasonable if you were overboard, like you're done you're gone yeah it's all over yeah that's yeah. fine well going back to what you're saying about having to aim the cannons manually or i mean you can't even aim the cannons they they're, they're in a fixed position yeah and you have to just I mean, wait till pan. they line up you can pan yeah that doesn't yeah change but that doesn't the change that yeah yeah no but you can change the view i guess yeah that's sure looking around yeah but often I wouldn't even go into the view mode where you can see you just sort of line it up by sight on the deck and then you'd run down the deck with your wick just lighting all the cannons as you go uh, and hope that two of them hit, maybe, two out of the four. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, shooting, you know, oh, we've rammed the enemy ship. Ramming. Muskets out. Ramming. And Ramming's you have fun. time for one one shot with your musket. And then it's, okay, cutlass, jump on board, yeah. because reloading a musket just takes way too it takes long. takes about yeah. 20 seconds or something, like, like painfully long. There are now, there were so many times where I was reloading my musket, and I'm like, no, nope, don't have time for this, doing something Yeah, else. it's a one-shot. It's over. It's a one-shot. Uh, which was, you Pretty know, much. the immersion. Fantastic. Really enjoyed that. Uh, would And often, you would not hit with that musket. It was very rarely I'd hit with the musket. When the pistol, like, so the pistol, same same deal. You'd shoot it. You'd need to reload for ages. But I'd fire that when I was, like, two meters away from someone and just unleashed to a pistol in the face. So that was pretty great. So I thought the weapons were done well. What wasn't done well was kind of the combat, I guess, with the swords. That was, yeah, you swing also, wildly. Yeah. Did, I, did I miss where the health bar was? Like, I did There's not no know how bar. much health. Yeah, There's see. No like, I, it just kind of grays out and blood comes around the screen and you have to drink your tea slash rum to, uh, yeah. to get back in the fight. <laughs> like, that certainly removed the immersion for me. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure tea makes everyone feel better, except for me. Yeah. I don't agree with hot drinks, but that's another issue. What? What? Well, okay, that's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's no point. Why would you drink hot water? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, well, I anyway, guess when you're consuming six liters of that. Yeah. <laughs> you fill up. But yeah, so ramming. Ramming was a thing. So you'd shoot them with your cannons. Uh, that was one way to do it. Or you'd line up, try and grapple them with your cannons, uh, and then just ram into them, which was so much fun uh, and chaotic. And we, we captured some footage of the game you and I played, Charles, with uh, with Ash. Um and we'll put that up on on the YouTube. I think it was quite quite. Fun. I think the the footage we captured was some of our worst play. It, it but, was not at this moment, um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I mean, the, the the smaller hoys, and then being on the giant galleon where you have to load the cannons in the lower deck. And if it, mm. if you're playing on a nighttime map, you can't see anything. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's you know waters flooding in because you've been hit by a broadside and. Yeah. See, I love um, that stuff. I love it. Make it hard. Make it difficult. Yeah. Uh, all in all, good fun. Um, so I guess final thoughts. I mean, if you've been following along, um, you probably kind of get a feel for our final thoughts anyway. But Catherine, would you recommend this game? I would not. Um, okay. Both, like, partially because it's not my kind of game, which is not a good reason for not recommending it, mostly because it's an alpha in the cost. Like, you know, if this is the kind of game where you think, yeah, like 10 or 8v8 pirate ships, oh my God, that sounds amazing, then I would still hold off because I think for where it's at now, it is probably better to come back to it in a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, here's the issue with holding off with these kind of games. So, with so many early access titles coming out so rapidly, this kind of game is only going to have a decent community for maybe two to three months. And it will then become a better game, but the community will die off because they've found their next 
ridiculous early access game they're having fun with. See, that's uh, a problem like with the model then. Like, that's... Yeah, well, I mean, that's so they get their money from the community that jumps on it first, and then they make their game and potentially don't have a community anymore. So it's a really interesting model. Because, I mean, it's... But, I mean, so... You know, like what you were saying... to play later, I mean, it's a risky, bus- but it's, risky business it's as like, opposed to frisky business. It's like what you were saying about, you know, um, well, you should buy the game now because it's about supporting them and they need to make money off it. And I kind of go like, no, no, well, no, 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 no. It's not about buying it now for that reason. It's about buying it now because otherwise the experience you get when you buy it later won't be as good, even though the game will be more polished. The community won't be there. Yeah, but if it's a good Ooh. game, the community should still be there. Like, Ooh, will they though? I, like, I, I think well, even- if anything, that that makes me not want to buy it ever. <laughs> which is fair. Which is a fair point. Uh, well, we were playing it on these. There was only really two or th- at most three servers in Australia that had enough people to play a game on. Population, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is tiny, I guess, when you think about it. But, I mean, similar games, and we played Ark, uh, Survival Evolved, that I mentioned earlier in the show, and that eventually got picked up and is now on Xbox, I believe. So, assumedly, there is an audience for that. Yeah, it's had a huge, so this, a huge bump. Yeah, Blackweight could follow in, in those kind of footsteps where, oh, it's on, it's on Steam, eventually it gets a real release, mm. and then gets picked up on a console. Mm. Yeah, potentially. All right, so we've got a... A no from me. Catherine. No from Catherine. Charles? Oh, I think it's a tough one because I had a lot of fun playing it, uh, but I would not play it for more than a few weeks. Uh, and I don't, like, it'll become a better game, but will, like, the basics of it differ? Probably not. Um, I think if you're going to play this kind of game, the combat mechanics have to be pretty sharp. And I know it's not about maybe sword-to-sword combat. It's more about the cannon-to-cannon combat. Ah, oh, tough call. I think, unfortunately, even though I really enjoyed it, I'm going to have to say it's not a, you know, a must-buy. I, I will not recommend it to go and buy this game, uh, which is you know a little disappointing. Uh, but it's about value for money, and you know, is it worth the, the twenty dollars? <laughs> yeah, it's just time. You and your time. Value for time. Like I don't care about money uh, as much as I do about time to play other games. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I think I'm going to have to, unfortunately, not recommend it. It did enjoy it, though. I am in a very similar boat mm. um, with... <laughs> Is that Black a Week. funny, hilarious... Would, yes. <laughs> yeah. I would recommend it. <laughs> Shit. I, I definitely wouldn't. It, it's definitely not a must-play, and I would only recommend it to a certain subset of gamer who, you know, we kind of touched on, like, doesn't mind early access, doesn't mind the unpolished, wants to have a fun experience for a couple of weeks... But I would also put the the caveat of you need friends to play this game with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you don't have a team of kind of three to five people to play this with, seven being the optimal amount, so you could man your own ship, uh, I think you're going to enjoy it a lot less because you're going to jump on with people that either A, don't know what they're doing, or B, are just salty, unhappy pirates. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some of the best, I, I played a bit of this game on my own and it was sort of, eh, even just playing with one person was a lot of fun. Playing one with two fun. people, amazing. Yeah. Beca- especially because, oh, we're going to go jump on this ship. We have the voting control. One of us is going to be the captain. Yeah. And we can sort of take charge of this one hoy in the fleet. And it's sort of our thing. And, and, and you know, you've got your mates on the guns and you're yelling at them to fire the cannons. That's an amazing experience. If you don't have those people to play with and you can't get on Reddit or find a community 
to find those people, I, I it's going to be a pass. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's very fair. It's a good recommendation. So, yeah, if you have two to three friends who are keen to play it with you, I can then jump on. If not, skip it. Okay, so um, the next segment is going to be the next Game Club game of next week. Very exciting. Controversial choices too. (laughs) We put up a poll on the Game Club fan group I mean, uh, on Facebook. It wasn't the most comprehensive or biggest poll you've ever seen. <laughs> well, it turns out I did fail to uncheck the options of people can just add their own options. So. <laughs> should we read out what got voted? I think we should. Let's see uh, what got voted. Yeah, so um, with uh, all of two votes, the Stanley <laughs> Parable is going to be our next game of the week. Yay! Uh, game game. Can, I, can we override Have that? you played it, it, Charles? It just doesn't look that exciting to you me. Are wrong. It. You were wrong. I have Am played I it, so I w- and I'll happily oh. play it again. Oh, wow, the one game you played ever. I've, All right, let's have a look. I've played let's so many look. games. <laughs> <laughs> so two votes for Stanley Parable. All right, sure. Uh, one vote for... Who's this Devil May Cry character? Is that Ash again? No, no Zach. that's that's Zach. Zach. Um, so DMC is the sort of the remake of Devil May Cry where he's sort of a moody teenager. Uh, it's a re- okay, sort of like I'm a remake a of the Capcom game. boy. I have better things to do with my time. Yeah. <laughs> Other I mean, Devil May Cry is kind of that God of War, the, the God of War style of game before Ugh. God of War. Ugh. Yeah, it's not for me. Uh, our other options were Frisky Business. Frisky Business got a vote. That's interesting. Uh, so, Frisky Business looks pretty great. It's got boobs and detectives. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have no issues with that game. <laughs> the ladies get frisky, Catherine. They get frisky. And it's because he's the frisk detective agency. Of course. Yeah, he frisks them. There's <laughs> a sexual lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we might skip frisky business. We might come back to that. You know, it's not complete. You can yet. play it on your own uh, time our in private. were Papers, Please, <laughs> I'm keen for papers, Soda please. Dungeon, and Invisible Ink. Which got no votes, so it's not an option. We will put up another poll uh, if you want to... Readers, listeners, if you want to join us on nonfictiongame.com or the Facebook group, and you'll be able to vote for what we should be playing next after the Stanley Parable. And uh, maybe you can join Charles' side, or maybe you can make him suffer and wallow a little bit longer uh, and vote for stuff that, you know. He doesn't, he doesn't want to play. Trash. <laughs> All right, Stanley Parable it is. But I think, I'm, actually, I'm you know what? I think it. this War of Mine would make it good. Oh, that's a good game. I'll play that one, and that is fantastic. Is that the right, we'll do Stanley Parable. Oh. Stanley Parable, and we'll, yep. and we'll add the, this War of Mine to the poll and see what our listeners think. Good choice. Cool. Okay. Great. That's going to wrap it up for this fortnight. As always, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or uh, we also publish this on YouTube um, where you can sort of watch some of the game footage and we'll throw up the Black Wake footage uh, with the podcast as well. Um, Charles, do you remember where people can find you? Well, they can find me on Twitter. I've now had made two tweets uh, at Charles Bryce on Twitter. Boom. And Catherine? Uh, at CS McMullen on Twitter. And I'm at NFG Dan. Uh, thanks for joining us on Game Club, the podcast where we play a game with you and then we talk about it. And we'll see you in two weeks' time. Bye bye. See you. Bye.